Today, we're sharing the first part of what ended up being a three-part conversation with Valerie Lewis. She's a spiritual intuitive, reader, channeler, an active mentor and teacher in the awkwardly Zen community, and founder of the Tarot, Unicorns, and Coffee Group here in Kansas City. If you'd like to learn more about Valerie, you can visit her website, goddesswithanattitude.com. To contact myself or Lori, you can email us at spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Laurie Hewitt. And, and this, this is, is Spirit Road. I'm so excited today, Tim, because we have Valerie with us as a guest, and she is wonderful, one of my favorite all-time people, and I can't believe we haven't had her on before. I can't either. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm -mm. Just, uh, I don't know what you'll think of this when I say this, Valerie, but just thinking that you're kind of a pillar of the community, that, you know, your involvement and your presence and the things that you share when we have these discussions is just always always wonderful in this welcome presence. And I'm just so surprised that this is our first time having you on Spirit Road and so grateful that you're here. We have been so negligent in not (laughs) inviting you sooner. So I apologize. I don't think it's, I think it's because we chat so much that we're just like all caught up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Just true. Just need to hit the record button every now and then. And yeah. I'm wondering if we could start off even before we get into the conversation too, just up front, it would be wonderful if you could share a little bit about your meetup group, your business, yeah. where people can find you just so that that's, that's right there to begin with. Sure. Absolutely. So on meetup, my group is Tarot Unicorns and Coffee. If you're typing it in, it's Tarot hyphen unicorns with an S hyphen coffee. And I host a lot of um, events. I have weekly events and monthly special events. And then my website is goddesswithanattitude.com. I would be the goddess with the attitude. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. So so you've you've done a lot for the community in regards to speaking about having a spiritual practice and uh, how to find your your own strength and faith and in, in, in walking that path and what your journey has been. And mm-hmm. it sounds like an interesting place to start. Like how did you how did you find yourself in practitionership? What was it that led you to this community? Practitionership. Well, <laughs> I've always been an entrepreneur. And <laughs> I got a reading from a lovely psychic once. And I thought like t-shirts was going to be my thing. And that's where I was going to hone in on. And um, I was doing t-shirts at the time. I was trying a couple other things. I'm serial entrepreneur. And this lovely psychic told me that T-shirts wasn't my thing. Um, And this was right about the time when I was getting connected with others in the spiritual community, um, getting readings for the first time in my life, learning how to read to row, starting to read for others. And so that's where I was um, gently guided to focus my intentions on. And I started out 
with just wanting to teach myself how to give readings for someone else. And then I was like, you know, this could be a thing because I have a lot of fun doing this. This could be my main source of income and everything just kind of shifted. And when it shifted, divinely lined up, I got I, I got introduced to Ari. At the time, there was another person who was in my life, who um, Carly, and she introduced me to a lot of groups of, of spiritual practitioners, spiritual people in general. And it just kind of took off from there as far as me practicing my skill, then going into being a practitioner, charging for my services and making that my currently my main source of income. So before all that happened, had you been on a spiritual path that you could identify with? Were you meditating? Were you involved in a church or other groups maybe? Meditating, sure. Yeah, like five times a day. <laughs> uh, my spiritual journey, I I think I think we're all always on our spiritual journey, but I would say there was some very key moments where I realized that this is what I was going to do is is figure out how how it integrated into my life. So I was born and raised a Jehovah's Witness. That didn't work out. Then I thought I was an atheist. That didn't work out. Then I was just like, well, something's out there, but I don't really care. I was very much into my day-to-day, pay the bills, raise my kid life. Spirituality was not something I was, it didn't have any relevance in my life because of my background. So there was a moment, and this is the turning moment when I tapped back in or decided to dig deeper into spirituality for myself. And that was around the time when, I have to say two times. The first time was when my brother died and that kicked me so to speak, out of the religion, because none of my questions were answered. And then the second time, unfortunately, was when my father died. And I went into this, I guess I was depressed. I went into this depression. My life kind of started falling apart. And I started asking questions. And I had this overwhelming sense of this can't be all there is. We didn't come here just to live whatever life we live and then leave. That this can't be all there is. And so with that, in the back of my mind, I started, you know, seeking, well, if this isn't all there is, what is it? And my main question that brought me to spirituality, oddly enough, was as depressed as I was, some voice from somewhere said, your sadness has value. And I said, well, that can't be. And I had to dig in and figure out what was the point of being sad? Because I'm sad all the time. And if you're not taking me out at this point, then there has to be a point to why I'm sad. And so when I dug into that, the it led me to figuring out of the, or it led me to the emotional scale, I think is what it was called. That led me to Abraham Hicks. And once I started listening to Abraham Hicks, I was off and running and my spirituality was very much an integral part of my life because I needed a reason to be here. And that gave me the reason for why I was here. What was it about Abraham Hicks in particular that really put you solidly on your path, do you think? I think it was a couple of things. I think it was their open-mindedness. There was no per se right way. It taught about the law of attraction. Their main thing is the law of attraction. Now, I was intrigued with that at the time, and it made sense. And then I took that because it was making sense. And I also said, okay, but I need scientific proof as to why this is making sense in my brain. And I, I was able to find that. So 
to me, being able to find that material world, scientific, we've done these experiences. We don't know why it works, but we've got proof that it works. Um, it just kind of tied it all together in a way that was not asking me to blindly believe like the religion I came from. This was like, we're going to ask you to believe in this, but now we're going to show you why. And if you want, you can try it out in your own life and see why. And I did. And so having that feedback and that proof, that's that's kind of why I went. I went all in to Abraham Hicks for probably a little bit too much, but but that's what yeah led me on my spiritual path for the most part. I wonder, do you have any stories or any things that come to mind like those first steps with law of attraction? Was there was there a moment where that practice or asking for those things actually something happened that's like, oh, this is this is real. There's substance to this. Oh, Tim, what a great question. <laughs> <laughs> When I started out with the law of attraction, I had it all wrong. And I think the fact that I had it all wrong has made, it was meant to be. I was supposed to epically fuck it up. Can I say fuck up on y'all's podcast? I'm sorry. I think so. I was supposed to (laughs) epically fuck it up so that I could figure it out in my own way. And figuring it out in my own way is what led me to where I am today. So when I first heard the law of attraction, I watched the movie The Secret. And it talked about the one thing that stuck in my mind was the little boy who wanted the bicycle and he drew a picture of a bicycle and he just thought about this bicycle and he went to sleep. And one day he has the bicycle, his grandpa bought it or something. And I'm like, well, if it's that easy, all I have to do is really think about what I want and it's going to show up. And then I'm listening to Abraham Hicks and they're talking about instant manifestations and, you know, just put your mind to it. And I'm just like, and at that time I was very, very much focused on my finances. I was still raising my my children. And so here's where I epically messed it up. I thought that if I just really, really concentrated on the amount of money that it would magically, literally magically appear. Y'all, I would check my wallet to see if money had magically appeared. That's how I, that's how messed up I had manifestation. And the turning point to me, so I I needed to go down that path, though. I needed to test it for myself. I needed to figure out what worked. I needed to throw a law of attraction out the window and then decide to go back outside and pick it up and bring it back inside. I did that so many times. Um, The turning point to me was realizing the cooperative components was one thing realizing that it's not about opening my wallet and magically there's money there, but it's about making these connections with other people and letting that flow of money come to me in a way that might seem magical, but it's not as magical as instant money appearing. And then the other thing was inspired action. There was nothing in the movie, The Secret, that spoke to me about needing to take inspired action. And so that was a huge turning point for me in my law of attraction journey is realizing that I did indeed have to do something, but it didn't have to be a struggle. It should feel like joy and it should feel like happiness. And that's how I know that I'm following an inspired action. And so all of those things, it was a long journey. Those are just two of the high points of when I finally started figuring out (laughs) that money wasn't going to magically appear in my wallet (laughs) because I believed it. That's how crazy I was. I believed it would. Oh, thank yeah. you. So can you say a little more about inspired action and why that was important for you to understand and take those steps? Yes, because it fit me in. It gave me more of a purpose for why I was here. It fit me into the grand scheme of things. I wasn't on the outside waiting and expecting and having the world around me 
me being at the mercy of the world around me because I was waiting for it to service me. Inspired action now gave me something. It gave me a passion. It gave me a fire. It gave me something to do to bring about the things that I wanted. And it made me feel like a creator. So that that's the main thing. It made me feel like I was in it and creating my life through these inspired actions instead of sitting back and waiting for something to happen. Excellent. Yeah. So I have a question. I'm wondering if someone is just new to law of attraction, um, just discovering that concept or even discovering that there may be more depth to it than, than what we hear in everyday conversation. I'm wondering if there are thoughts on things that they could try to experience that for themselves. And I have an idea or two, but I'm I'm offering the question first. <laughs> um, experience it for yourself. I would say do your best to figure out how it works and really dig into it because there's so many different teachings. And then once you have a good understanding or a good faith or belief that, oh, this really can work for me, test it. Don't just sit back and think about it. Test it. Put it to test. Start small. Um, can I attract a cup of coffee? I did that all the time because I love coffee and I was able to do it. You know, don't start with, can I attract a million dollars by the end of the week? You probably could, but it's going to be highly unlikely. So start small and practice it. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I love the, the correlation between a, a spiritual principle or law and, and this idea of wanting to validate that with science or something. Like for me, what comes to mind is, books I was reading at a certain point in my life on quantum potential or um, this idea that our observations of the world around us affect our experience of it and in fact even affect the reality of it. Mm -hmm. So an example that was for me as I was reading this book and exercise was, well, one day when you're going to work, try and notice all of the green cars in your experience. And I, I remember thinking, well, yeah, I'm sure there are green cars out there, but really, as I think about it, I, I don't see them very often. It's not a very common color. And then putting that intention out there and then that, that day seeing green cars everywhere, <laughs> just it seemed like every other driveway had a green car in it. And I was like, what does this mean? And so I'm not really attracting those green cars. They're there, but I am changing my focus in such a way that I'm allowing that into my experience and thinking about how law of attraction in some ways works hand in hand with that, where having the inspired action or, or, or having the feeling of something before you have it, can I connect with what it would be like to have abundance or, or wealth? And if I can connect with that feeling, then I can also open myself up to the experience of abundance and then if I can let go of my expectations about how that will come into my life, I can be open for recognizing it more readily when it does. Yes, I totally agree with that. As far as the law of attraction, that's another key thing that I realized is that what we want is always around us. And so focus is such a key part of the law of attraction, because just like you said, those green cars, people didn't go out to the dealership and all buy green cars just so that we could see them. <laughs> that day they were there you just weren't aware of them and i think it's the same thing with every everything that we're asking for whether it's money or friends or connections it's always there we just have to stay positively focused so that we're aware of it and we can interact with it yeah yeah i love that i have a question that kind of veers us a little bit off of this but have you always 
kind of heard those voices or had that intuition that guided you in your life? Or is that something you find that has just, that's been developing recently for you? Because you're so guided and you're so clear about receiving those messages. What a compliment, Lori. I don't often feel that way. I would have to say hindsight. When I look back hindsight, I've always had those voices. I've always had communications from the other side, even as a young child. Um, I was told they were something else, so I learned to ignore them. And as I got older, what I thought was just a lot of chatter, like I've been told I have a creative mind, an active mind, a lot of chatter. That's what I thought it was. I didn't think it was intuition. I didn't think it was spirit guides. I just thought it was a lot of chatter. And when I'm going about my day, I need that chatter to be quiet. So I trained myself to not listen to it until I got onto the spiritual path. And I think one of the first times I became aware that that there was more to that chatter was when I went to a metaphysical fair and I was one of the volunteers and I was asked to come up front and I don't even remember this guy's modality, but I remember he tuned into me and he was just like, Oh my God, you have a lot of chatter. He's like, is your, do you always hear voices like all the time? And I'm just like, yep, I sure do. But cluing into the fact that he was hearing something more in those voices made me pause and think, Oh, well, if you can hear those voices, And they're not just in my head. Something else is going on here. And so I think that was one of the times, one of the turning points and along many, many different things that that caused me to begin to listen to those voices, to decipher where they were coming from and what they had been saying and then realizing they were there all along. And it was just, yeah. So how have you been able then to trust them now and with intention, really pay attention to them? and follow their messages. That's assuming I listen and trust them. So <laughs> we're making some big assumptions here. Um, <laughs> well, in those moments that you do. Right, right. <laughs> in the moments that I do, it was just like any other relationship. I think it's, you You don't, for me, well, I do. That's why I'm single. But I was about to say, you generally don't believe the first thing every somebody, every the first thing someone tells you when you go into a relationship with them you get the backstory, you figure out how they operate in their life. Are they living in, in accordance with this, these things that they're telling you are true? And so when I listened to my guides, it was the same thing. You're mm-hmm. telling me to do X, Y, Z. Okay, let me let me try this out and see if it's in line with, you know, if, if it pans out the way you say it will. So it was building that trust yeah. by listening and doing and seeing if I got the desired effects from what they were guiding me to do. And I did. So I try to listen more. That's perfect. Cause that's what I, I get all the time. And that's what the spirit always tells people in readings is it's a relationship. And just like with any relationship, you have to practice with us. You have to listen. We have to communicate and you have to trust and build that trust by doing just what you said, checking it out and just getting that that familiarity with one another. So, yeah, that's excellent. It was such an interesting question for me, Lori. I'm curious to know how you would answer that. Did you have a a period of time where you were receiving these things, these messages and, and disregarding them or shutting them down in some way or another or questioning your own sanity in the midst of that? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and it's not a past tense thing. (laughs) I think it still (laughs) happens on a regular basis. Oh yeah. My whole life, actually, like Valerie, when I looked in hindsight, 
as I've moved along my path, I realized I was always being guided by something, by some voice in my head that I knew wasn't me. And because of being raised in churches, I assumed it was like my conscience or the Holy Spirit or something like that, because those are the terms the church always put it in. Only as I started branching out and and expanding my thoughts about faith and spirit and all of that and started doing some reading, did I realize that I actually was hearing something else, that it was a guide that had always been with me and always helped me and always kind of give gave me information in those critical moments when I needed it. So and and there are still moments when I will question, did I just make that up? Did I hear that right? Was it my mind jumping in? Because I never knew and I never trusted my intuition. And probably in the last 25, 30 years, I've gotten better at trusting my intuition, but I never trusted it before because I was trained, you don't trust that. It's all about logic and understanding. And, you know, that's just a gut feeling and that may or may not be right. Well, then I discovered it's always right. Yeah. So that brings me into a a transition here, kind of moving the conversation along. I I just want to share, um, this is a two-part conversation. So Valerie, I want to thank you for being here with us. And we're going to continue this as we move into divination tools and things that we might use to help us work with these messages or validate them in different ways. Thank you for being here, Valerie. And we're going to continue shortly. Thank you. Thank you.